team, welcome back to another episode of the Envision Greatness podcast with your host Dylan Money. Now today's guest probably doesn't need an introduction, a lot of you will know him from the TV series Love Island. Today we have Wallace Wilson on. Apart from Love Island, Wallace is also a business owner, he's a personal trainer and online coach and today we chat about a load of different topics. Obviously we talk about Love Island and we go a little bit more in depth. We also talk about positive vibes, what it's like building a business, talk about social media and the feeling of having a large following straight after Love Island and kind of getting that overnight. Talk about mental health and an interesting topic we talk about is selling out after Love Island. Now that's a very interesting one that I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in. But there is a lot of value and there is obviously a lot of laughs during this podcast and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. So we're just going to dive right in. Wallace lad, how are you? I'm all good, mate. All good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. This has been a, a long time coming. It's our first proper catch-up since obviously you've been you've come in out of the villa, but I'm sure you're not going to really need any type of introduction, but just for the viewers that might not know you, just give a wee introduction of who you are and what it is you do. Awesome, mate. So my name is Wallace Wilson. I'm 24 and currently a full-time personal trainer and also do a little bit of online coaching as well. Do a little bit of modeling from time to time and then obviously um, I was on Love Island too. Um, so that, that's pretty much the script of me. Um, I'm sure we're going more in depth in the, the podcast, but I'm buzzing to be here, mate. Buzzing to catch up with you as well. So. Yeah, mate, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a laugh. Um, we're going to obviously dive into a range of different topics. Uh, the first one I want to chat about is business. You say that you do personal training and online coaching. What is it um, that made you want to start your own business? Yeah, so if you go all the way back, I was doing, um, well, I always wanted to be a footballer. That was the thing I wanted to do. It kind of got to a point where that it just wasn't really happening for me, um, and then it just kind of fell out of love with it, I guess. So then the the next best thing, if you like, was football coaching, um, and I liked that. I liked the the sense of like coaching people, things like that. Um, but as I say, I kind of lost the love for football, and I got more into like training in the gym and things like that. So I was coaching abroad in Tunisia for two years, and then also in Lanzarote for a bit. And then during that time, it kind of got to a point where. I enjoyed the coaching side of things, but there were so many other like kind of logistics outside the the kind of coaching realm, if you like, because it was just with, with kids basically in like a holiday village. So you think like uh, like Tui, like Thompson and things like that. It was basically one of those hotels you were just coaching in, like a football academy. So to kind of move on from that, it got to a point where I was more buzzing to go to the gym than I was to to be like coaching and things like that. I did like it, um, but I was more kind of engrossed in, in training and things like that and learning more about it. So yeah, I got to a point and I'm someone who, if I kind of get a thought in my head, I, I kind of go all in and then just think, right, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and go for it. So I basically just handed my, my notice in, we had like two weeks, then basically flew back from um, Lanzarote to the UK, so just in uh, Glasgow, and then basically just went through like a, a six-week kind of last course. So I just invested pretty much all the money I saved um, and then got a little bit of help from family and stuff like that to basically go into like a course. Um, so just a six-week last course. And then it kind of got to a point like I was going through this and then I realized I didn't know enough um, to a certain degree. But then I thought, right, we're just going to go for it and see how we get on. And as I say, I always had that passion for coaching, but I just didn't have it as much as like football anymore because it was just yeah. one like kind of stream, if you know what I mean. Like all it is is just one sport. Whereas I liked the, the sense of like 
like transforming people's bodies and things like that. So that's when it kind of grew. And then that's how I got into obviously building my business. And at the start, it wasn't, wasn't great. It was just kind of building up and then kind of blast through it all. And we're here now and obviously been through a lot and, and it's been really, really good and successful. And now we're probably doing the best we've ever done. And um, it's just kind of taking care of itself to a certain degree. So I guess that's, that's pretty much how I got into to business. Yeah. So before I jump on to my next question um, about the business, I just want to take it back to the football coaching. What what made you <laughs> go abroad to coach and not and not just down your local football club? Like, <laughs> okay. I know what you're saying there. See, to be honest, mate, because I the thought of the the idea of like going hopping around schools in like my car and going to a different school, like it just it didn't appeal to me. Um, and I wanted to travel a little bit. I wanted to maybe see a little bit more of the world while obviously getting paid to, to obviously coach and stuff. And the thing is, with like football coaching at that level, um, kind of like grassroots and things, is the money's not great. So I kind of thought, well. The money's not going to be great. I might as well have an experience out with it. So I kind of thought, well, I'll go abroad and, and enjoy a different country, different culture, basically be in the sun every day. And it's a hell of a lot easier coaching in the sun and like 30 degree heat than it is with piss and rain, you know what I mean? So that was the kind of rationale behind it. And also as well, I think we'll probably go into this, but I was quite introverted, I guess, with obviously the football background. I, I didn't go to any parties, didn't drink or anything like that. I was very much honed into trying to be, become basically the best athlete I could. So I kind of thought, well, I'm going to throw myself into this. And obviously the culture with working abroad is very much like you're getting pissed a lot of the time in your days off. It's very like, there's a lot of people from like university and stuff like that on like, obviously their time off uni going to do like basically like little stints abroad, um, things like that. So it wasn't by any means like a, a kind of rep as such, but obviously you did a little bit of that, but um, obviously it was more a family-based hotel. So that was the reason why I chose to go abroad. Um, yeah, and hopefully that clears that up. Yeah, it does. No, to be fair, it's a, I mean, kind of a kill two birds with one stone. You get to travel and you can also grow as a person by being around different cultures, which is good. Um, but yeah, back to the business questions. Um, obviously, you've had your business, Dynamo, for how long you had that for now? Uh, five years, mate. Five, five years. years. So with that, obviously with any business that you grow you can come across um any type of struggles so what struggles did you come across in growing your business and how did you overcome them i really like this question because it's something i've not really spoke about and it's always something i wanted to go in and kind of more in depth on and i was i was always kind of thinking how am i gonna basically translate this to people in a good way and obviously a podcast is a brilliant way to do it so um so yeah the, the struggles obviously i came across were I was doing it with my ex-girlfriend at the time. So that was obviously a little bit tough because it was almost created a little bit of conflict to a certain degree because obviously we both had their own kind of separate clients and things like that. So that was a bit of a struggle. Um, obviously then we broke up and I kind of did my own thing um, and then just kind of carried on. But the other struggles were obviously sometimes with business, you can kind of fall into the trap of thinking things are going to fall at your feet. So I thought I have a good physique. So that's auto automatically going to mean people, I want to train with him. I remember I used to train in the gym and stuff. Like I'm probably thinking, oh, I look shit hot here. Like people are going to want to train with me. It's not how it works. Um, and I also kind of thought with like kind of speaking to people as well. Like um, obviously I spoke to people all the time with obviously football coaching abroad. Like I had to try and sell it to obviously like parents to basically get the kids to, to sign up for the football academy. So I always kind of had that, but it's more understanding how you, you can, you have to speak differently to Margaret, who's like six year old compared to like a guy like yourself, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you can't have the same conversations as such, you know, and it's all about finding common ground and basically not like playing a role, but you definitely have to alter your personality to a certain degree. You almost have to have like 
it's not, it's not multiple personalities because that sounds terrible. But you know, it's like what I like to the analogy I like to use is like going on like eight different dates. You know, you have to like basically kind of almost mirror people to a certain degree. So whatever they're kind of vibing off, if they're quite an uh, introverted person, it's probably not the best idea to go all in and just like jumping about mental. Whereas if they're someone who maybe is quite enthusiastic, you kind of have to match that level of energy. You know, so little things like that, and that was the kind of struggles because I didn't know how to do that at first. Um, and then I guess I just learned that over time. And then the other struggle would be, and this is quite an in-depth one, was when I was competing and things like that, which I'm sure we're going to. Um, and it was obviously it's such a selfish sport. And I kind of, all I cared about was winning, trying to win that show. And I thought like, again, it comes back to the whole physique thing. I thought if I win this show, then that's automatically going to mean I'm going to get X amount of clients, which again, is not the case. People don't really give a shit. Like they, they like the journey and stuff like that. But in some regards, they don't actually, it doesn't appeal to them very much, especially with like kind of like, when you're first starting out as a PT, you don't, it takes a while to find your niche and you, you don't really have the respect yet and you don't really have the authority to get a niche straight off the bat because you just need to get clients in the door. So I think that was the struggle. That was kind of like the three or four things that I kind of struggle with, but I'm sure we'll go more in depth anyway. Yeah, like, it's funny how you were saying, obviously, when you're in the gym and you're, you're training to look good because you think that's why people are going to train with you. I honestly think 90% of male PTs can relate to that because I know fine well I can relate to that and I had the exact same thought as what you had by going in competing winning and getting more clientele which I fucking didn't because you took the first place both times <laughs> <laughs> but but I even from coming third and fourth I thought you know what this is going to boost my business and honestly the best shape in my life was the worst shape my business has been in but the worst shape I've been in in my life is the best shape my business has been in and it's it's bizarre Bizarre thinking that. I mean, we're about we're going to go into competing in a minute, um, but just before I go into that, in regards to Dynamorph, if people follow obviously you and your business, um, and obviously you know you've got you and you've got Connor alongside you now. Obviously, when you compete, you done you would have done more bodybuilding style training. Now, yeah. through obviously your business page, you can see that you've both kind of adapted that to more more CrossFit type training, where it's like a bit more functional, where you're adding in like snatches and clean jerks and you're you're just yeah just kind of steering away from that bodybuilding type stuff and becoming a more overall athlete what made you move away from the bodybuilding type training to be honest mate like it just it's kind of like that case of you see these awesome physiques and um you never really know what someone feels like and it comes back to like a lot of things in the fitness industry and, and just in life in general people see amazing physiques or just anything that's kind of glamorized, you know, that you think like this end goal or this kind of certain look is going to bring you certain things. But probably when I was like competing and things like that, that's the worst I've ever felt in my life in terms of I couldn't do anything, you know what I mean? Oh, partly because I thought that would almost tarnish all my progress and things like that. And, but yeah, I just couldn't, because some people are just genetically blessed with just a lower level of body fat. Um, I wasn't to a certain degree um, to get to that level. And it just, I just didn't feel good, you know? And I, I kind of thought, right, well, this is not really the way to go here because I look good, but I just can't do anything with it. And also I'm so like honed in and attached to this sense of like, if I drift away from what I'm doing right now in terms of training, oh, it's just going to, it's just going to impact everything. I'm not going to look the same way. So I guess our whole concept came from the whole look, look, move, feel thing. So we basically wanted to be in a position where we look good and obviously we can move well and obviously feel good as well. Cause it's all very good, obviously looking amazing, but then feeling like shit. Or, and it's all very good, obviously, moving really well. But then if you don't like how you look, so it's just trying to basically master all those free. Yeah. And it was a case of basically stripping it back and bring it back to the basics. And I always wanted to be in a position where, 
because I guess it was an egotistical thing. So I used to go into the gym and maybe there would be a challenge on the gym or someone would ask me to maybe train with them. Uh, for example, if I came down to Stirling and I was doing something and you said, oh, do you want to train? And for example, if you were like in some sort of different kind of pathway in terms of your fitness, my ego would basically just shoot straight up and put a wall up. If you were like, oh, I do this kind of style. Maybe you want to do like every minute on the minute on the roar. I'd be like, nah, because at, the ego was there to be like, nah, I'm not very good at that. So I never wanted to be like that. I always wanted, I wanted to get into a position where basically if anyone said they want to train with me, I would, I'd be up for it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in a position where I would, I would feel vulnerable. I would just go and enjoy it, you know? So that's the, where it came from. That's why I moved away from it. Cause when I was doing bodybuilding, great. It was, it was brilliant when I could like, I guess collab with people who are in the same kind of realm, as I say, like with obviously competing, but I wanted to be able to be going to the gym and, and not look, any direction and be like oh I can't train with them I wanted to be basically everywhere and do a bit of everything of course that means I'm no like basically pro at anything but then again I'm not trying to be a pro at everything so it kind of suits me you know yeah absolutely um now nah, I just I kind of feel the same way and I think it happened after I compete as well and you do you do think to yourself like is this is this all it is like is this all that's left? And that's kind of leading me on to the next thing with competing is obviously we became mates through competing two years ago when we were stand, both standing on the stage, you getting your first and me getting my third. <laughs> but um, <laughs> looking back at it now, what's your thoughts on competing and would you do it again? You know what, mate? Like, there's a lot of that. I did a podcast previously with uh, a bodybuilder and he kind of refreshed it for me. So, um, but probably if you asked me this question maybe a week ago, I would have been a bit like, nah, it's just fucking shit. But no, there's a lot of principles you can take from it. Um, some really good principles. And to be fair, if I didn't compete, um, I don't think I would have learned what I learned. Um, and I think also as well, I think to, to give people advice in certain situations, you kind of have to go through certain things. So, obviously it's quite a lonely place competing, you know, so you learn a lot. Um, you obviously have to be in a position where you miss out on a lot of social events. And then again, you can kind of flip that on its head and maybe be like to people like, I want to show you a way how you can get leaner without having to do that because I didn't enjoy that part of it, you know, having to miss out on like social events and all that kind of stuff. But I think it comes with the sport as well. I think if you go on a stage and obviously with competing, if you stand beside someone and, and if you've been out and drinking and stuff like that, in the back of your head, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, like, maybe that's the reason why I lost. And that's not a good relationship to have, especially for, like, average population, you know what I mean? So, fair enough, if you're going to go all in. But at this kind of level, like the UK, DFBA and things like that, the level we're doing at is just not really, I don't really think it's called for unless you really want to go far in it. And of course, I know you could say, like, if you're going to do something, do it properly. But then again, I think you have to look back and think, like, how did you spend your life, you know? But um, that's just it. It's a, it's a tough one, man. Like of how to to kind of like go into those kind of situations whatever do it again um i kind of almost thought oh should i do it again but then you need to ask yourself why you're doing it i mean a lot of time it was just so i could be like oh look at my sick physique like and you always get people like invest in the journey but i i remember like what it did to kind of my business especially the first time i did it um it almost kind of wrecked me man like i remember that point when doing the even like second show to a certain degree I pretty much put like me on my arse with my business. I just like basically ended up canceling sessions because of the way I felt and I was just doing things in a stupid way to try and make it easier. So I was like backloading all my food to the end of the day because I was just really struggling. And obviously that meant during the day I was just, I was just dead, man. I was in bits. So, and again, that led to like sessions being poor. And then, and it's not until after the clients were open up to you, but like, you know what you were like, you were, you weren't the most enthusiastic person. And then I think like, if you, if you kind of wait up as well, if it's not really bringing you much value, apart from maybe getting a trophy or a 
like a couple of good pictures, then it's it's not really worth it. I don't feel. Um, and I think sometimes you you have to flip it on its head in the sense of with business and be a little bit selfish that way. You know, you need to yeah, need to understand as a PT, you have to put yourself in first. You need to make sure you're concentrating your health and well-being, but also as well, you people have invested in you. You know, so you're an avenue that basically someone wants you to cater for them. You know, like they want basically you to be in charge of that aspect of their life. And if you can't put hundred percent into it, it's a little bit selfish in a way. So that's why I probably wouldn't do that again. If I was at a point where maybe business was kind of taking care of itself in a sense, maybe we have a different way of monitoring it and also doing less one-to-ones, maybe more online stuff than maybe. Um, but then there, there would be no reason for me to do it. So if I laid all, all the kind of like the pros and cons on the table, it just wouldn't weigh up. You know what I mean? It would be like, why do I want to do this? And then I think a lot of time you have to strip back to the layers and, and understand why you're doing it. And the only reason I would probably do it is just to, again, it's probably like an ego thing of like, oh, like I won again. It's not like I get a sense of an achievement, you know? Um, I, I think I'll get much more out of doing like some sort of, of course it's a competitive, but some sort of really kind of athletic event would be much, mean much more to me um, where it was basically, it was on the day you turned up and you can you can basically just put your all into it. We're competing, you get there on the day and it's it's accumulation, which is brilliant to have a respect for, but it's, it's not on the day you can't change it. If you rock up and, and someone's got a better physique, basically physique than you, or maybe they've, obviously if they won, if they worked harder, then it's, it's fair enough but it's kind of like you can't change something on the moment you know of the day you can't be like trying like i'm going to go all in with this and be really competitive i think that's why it's a hard sport it's night like no other because it's accumulation of one percent up until that one event and the actual show is just like it's just a presentation it's not like the competitiveness isn't there the competitiveness is like six weeks out when you're you don't really want to do your cardio yeah. and you just have to keep grafting you know yeah i am um, <laughs> i remember when i done that second show and I was chatting to people behind stage and obviously like asking how prep went and stuff. And, and I was just open. I was like, I've went to Ibiza during this prep and, <laughs> and I've been drinking. You were, playing, you were playing football and all that. You were playing like football, were you not? Like two or three weeks out, I remember you saying. Aye, mate, I was still yeah. playing football. I went away to Ibiza and I got, I got fucking pissed in Ibiza and I think I drank every single weekend of prep. And I think oh, yeah. whenever, I think when I eventually came fourth, now I don't think I was in good shape at all, but fuck knows how I placed fourth. Ah, you could just tell the fucking rage in people's faces that have obviously busted their ass off, fucking restricting everything for for so long to then play shit, which is obviously going to fuck up your mind. Um, which again leads me on to the next thing. When we were speaking, we spoke about competing, and a lot the main kind of a thing is it fucks with your head and your mental health. Kind of a takes a drop, and it's affected when you when you obviously do compete. Um, how did you find your mental health was affected? Because some people are worse off than others. Yeah, it was tough, man. I was in a relationship both times I'd done it. And the second time I'd done it, it was just like, yeah. what I always say with people competing and stuff, whatever personality traits you have, they just get enhanced like fuck, basically. So if you're quite a fidgety person or you're quite like a maybe not like snappy, but you're a, you're a wee bit like maybe you just snap at stupid things or you, you know, like someone's eating too loud or whatever. You're like, why the fuck are you doing that? Like, you know what I mean? Those little things like that, it just, that just enhances to another level. So you need to understand that. And I think for me, that just went, it just blew up. And I think you can also see how people treat you when you're in that kind of situation. Um, I think your circle is really, really important with a sport like that. But then also you need to understand that from an outside point of view, they're like, well, I don't really understand what you're doing, what you're doing. You're like, you know, you're going on a stage and getting tanned up and um, and just kind of like showing yourself off. Like, so it just depends. Obviously, if people really, really care, they'll just be like, I get it, you know? Um, but no, nah, it was just like, for me, 
it didn't take a massive hit. I'm not going to lie, but it's the thing is like you get this, you get so much support and people back you, and there's like going back and forth with other competitors and stuff like that. And then it's it's like anything in life. There's a massive build up, and then you're like the hot topic for a, a period of time, and then it drops off. It's on to the next thing, and that's the thing about competing that people don't usually go into and unless you're doing multiple shows you're not going to get that buzz and it's not all about that but then again the whole reason why you do a sport is to try and get that thrill you know what I mean that like endorphin hit you know is that you want to get that rush um we're competing it's such a long period of time some people love that don't get me wrong but I guess that could impact your mental health to a certain degree but now for me it just made me give it it gave me a little bit of perspective and I and I guess it I used the the kind of lull and the, the kind of like oh I've not really spent much time with my mates I kind of used that and again basically went into the position of not that I went all out and went the other end but I was just like I want to enjoy myself a little bit more and and straight after like all my mates now were like they basically said you're in a much better place you know because you're you're coming out you're you're doing stuff with us you know what I mean you're not restricting yourself because even after the show people were like right I need to gain some muscle so they just get straight back into it and I think some people see competing as their identity and then when that goes away they're like oh fuck like who am I? You know what I mean? So I think it's good to, to figure yourself out. And I think for me, that was becoming my identity. It was like people used to come up to be like, oh, you're doing any shows here? And I was like, fucking hell, man. Do people not want to know like what I'm up to apart from that? Like that <laughs> becomes like your thing. So people only come to you to basically ask that question, you know? So, and now that's kind of died off for me, which is good. And I think that's why I found my own identity. And, and that's why now the kind of training style I do, I've not invested into one given thing. So it's quite good because yeah. people just see you for who you are, you know? So I guess that's how maybe it could take a little bit of a hit. Yeah, I mean, if anyone listening does want to compete and you're in a relationship, one thing I would say is make sure you're both fucking mentally strong-minded because I was in a relationship, both of mine, and both my fucking relationships ended. So, yeah, if you're... Was thinking, that a struggle? Was that hard for you? I know it's your podcast. I'm fucking interviewing you. But um, was that hard for you? Like, what, what went on with you and your burden at the time? Eh... Uh, <laughs> the, first... <laughs> <laughs> the first one was just... I just wouldn't want to do anything, mate. Like, ah, like, I get you. Like, I just Libido people. Gets fucked, mate. Libido gets absolutely. I'd be fun. like, do you want to go out for dinner? And I'd be like, I've got four hundred calories left. I can't. Yeah. Or we'd be lying in bed. You'd be grabbing my cock, mate, and I'd be like, <laughs> I just, I just don't want to. Like, I just can't. Like, three weeks out of your competition, you just have no sex drive, nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, nah. So that that one ended pretty quickly, and then um, the second one. I mean, she just used it as an excuse, I think, to, <laughs> to split up with me. But, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it's good but, to be open like that, though, because it's true. Like, people need to understand, like, that's what happens. And, and sometimes, in like, with regards to relationships and stuff like that, like, I think you figure things out because, obviously, it's such a hard, hard sport to be in. You know what I mean? It's very very long days you know it's tiresome and you get to see some couples and they, they their partner will go alongside them when they're doing the steps and all that kind of stuff and just be so so supportive and then yeah. you get other ones who that are not like that you know so especially like for example a lot of relationships and stuff people want to post stuff on instagram to show how glamorous the relationship is and they can't do that when you're competing because you can't go out on nights out and stuff so they're like, oh fuck, what's the point in this and then that's when you kind of realize and it didn't really struggle from that but i can imagine and um, that's gonna to be fair my ex-girlfriend at the time was quite supportive but it uh, just got to a point it just because you lose that because your libido kind of crashes and obviously you have no sex drive and stuff and like then it kind of gets to the point it's like then for me it never really came back so I was kind of like oh shit I think this is just like a bit of a calling in the sense of like this just wasn't mm. meant to be I think it was like a mix you know what I mean it was not like an excuse but it was like 
obviously it started to fade out and it's like well it never really came back so I was like well what did that tell you know so yeah it's a, it's a weird one but it definitely needs to be spoke about more um, but I think like also as well from our point of view is we did it by ourselves like without coaches and stuff a lot of the time so I think you just don't know how to conduct certain things and uh, it can be tough man yeah for like don't get me wrong like I just think like for me both were supportive but they didn't understand it which is a massive difference like you can be supportive in something but if you don't understand it that support kind of means nothing because mm-hmm. it's always getting questioned so yeah. yeah that's that's another another that's for another yeah, story good, though, man, talk about, you know what i mean it's like if people need to know that shit is transparency you know what i mean it's like yeah exactly for sure. that and, like they can relate back to this podcast and maybe ask a question you know yeah for sure 100 percent. but like like i said this this podcast is obviously just going to be a bit of a laugh and a catch up between us but also giving some value and obviously we're chatting a wee bit about mindset there and obviously me and you we always chat about vibes just promoting good vibes and just trying to keep a positive outlook on life. So if you can, give people a few ways that you stay positive. So try and give me three things that you do that keeps you in a positive mind state. Sit back, right. Um, I like this question again. It's, it's a good one. Um, and I think like, kind of going a bit of tangent about yourself, but I think like you've always been someone who's quite positive, you know what I mean? And I've always kind of spoke to. So I guess that's the first one and just know what your circle is. You know, you might not be able to impact your circle in your local area, but try and obviously surround yourself, even if it's through the means of obviously like podcasts, YouTube, obviously Instagram and things like that, and try and like basically feed yourself with basically as much positive kind of information and, and stories that are going to mean a lot to you because if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you go on is like the news and or like maybe just something like even for me i'm sure we'll go into it but um, i remember when i first came off live and if you go on to like instagram you're scrolling through maybe you see like a, a news article about you it's just going to throw you off whereas you can basically flip that and maybe basically chuck your headphones in and listen to a podcast like this and it gets you a little bit upbeat because it's it's positive you know what i mean it's it's a nice story that people are telling. It shows that there is good in the world. You know what I mean? There's people trying to progress themselves. And then that goes back to you. So I used to, basically the best piece of advice I can do, kind of give you is get up first thing and try and have a schedule and, and maybe even just set yourself a task of being off Instagram or social media until like 12 o'clock, but use like maybe a podcast to, because a lot of the time, especially when you're, you're busy trying to do something, you, you have to just hone into that. And of course, all sorts of thoughts come into your head, especially at a time like this. Um, and you have to kind of let that happen for sure. But I think when you're doing like little tasks and stuff, you don't want to be thrown off track. So chucking like a podcast on really helps. And that's somewhere where you can control your environment and control what's basically getting fed into you in terms of what you're surrounded by. Whereas sometimes in everyday life, you can't control the, the negativity around you with, in, in terms of like maybe your work colleagues and stuff like that. So just trying to be where you can, try and be surrounded by positivity. That would be the main thing and have some sort of structure. And as I say, try and stay off obviously social media as much as you can. Maybe set yourself like a time cap of like, you can go on at 12 o'clock and maybe like come off at like maybe eight o'clock. It helps if you have like, um, like a screen time, kind of alert so you can kind of set on Instagram basically will tell you once you've spent like two or three hours on there just to give you a little bit of perspective then next up I would try and like give value sometimes like there's no for me I always get such a rush out of like making good videos or good content like I can't really explain it um because you are giving back and I think like giving back is a mass massive one I don't mean in sense like or giving a fiver to a charity and be like oh I don't feel better yet because you won't feel better because you've not done that it's very easy to basically just give away five pounds, but it, it's much harder to maybe go and have a conversation with someone or take time out of your day because you've all been there and you can maybe tell that you maybe not spoke to a mate for a wee while or you've maybe not like engaged in conversation with your neighbor, for example, and then you go and have a conversation in a way you're 
giving back because maybe you're the, the highlight of the day you talking to them so and you'll get such a nice kind of feeling about that because obviously you've given back and it's not a sense of you're doing all this stuff to to get that positive feeling to feel more positive it's a case of that's just what will happen if you go and have a, a good conversation with someone or you just try and give back in a positive way um and then i think it's just about being grateful as well so I, I you obviously use a journal you might have seen like obviously my instagram and stuff like on my youtube videos and a lot of people kind of think oh that's really happy and you you're doing like self <laughs> And all that kind of stuff it's not that it's just like you should be grateful anyway you know what i mean it's like or best you can it's when people get this negative mindset of just moaning about everything then of course you're going to feel shit you know what i mean you're you're changing the whole dynamic and then obviously once you're in a negative mindset you start to see the negative of everything once you're in a positive mindset you start to see the positive of everything and just like when people have conversations try and spit it on a head like even like relationships i've been in in the past and stuff i always used to see the, the more positive side of it in the sense of like well, that was terrible what happened, but it could have been a lot worse. And not like the sense of you can't always do that. Sometimes you just accept like that was fucked. You know what I mean? Like just then if you just get in your, <laughs> you get yourself in the mindset of like, right, that was, that was shocking. That shouldn't have happened. But imagine if this happened, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like being grateful that it didn't happen at a bigger scale. You know what I mean? I remember there was one time we had the dog. We just got a dog together, which is like the dying end of the relationship. I think that was what was trying to hold it together. But I remember there was a time where I was like running about with the dog anyway. <laughs> on a tangent here and I like sprinted across and jumped over this wire and the dog like buckled himself into this wire and it just like started screaming in that and then I was like fucking oh well imagine if that wire wasn't there you could have ran on the road and get like you know what I mean so and then she was like shut the fuck up that stupid thing and see I was like <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, that was just my way of like trying to put it into a more of a positive you know what I mean because it's like or there's been times before where you've missed certain events and stuff you're like well maybe that was just a bit of a blessing so just trying to flip things I know that's a weird way of doing it but that's just the way I like to do it and then I would just say as I say going back to being grateful like when you do like journaling and things like that and you look out for things basically that that you are grateful for if you can't think of something so for example like today obviously I'm grateful that I still have a good relationship with you like can talk away and stuff like that and you know it's little things like that and then it just creates more positivity and then when you go into the rest of your day maybe the next day you've got to write stuff down in your, your journal or whatever or you just even like just take it in your head you're having a shower in the morning think right what three things i'm grateful for and then some days you'll wake up and you're like i can't really think of anything and then you'll go on a walk and you'll be like right oh that's a good sunset i'm grateful for that you know what i mean so then it just creates this positivity and i know a lot of people will say like oh that's, how does that work but you don't get it until you do it but the yeah. thing about like journaling and things like you have to mean it as well. I always say that to people. If you're going to write things down or, or kind of visualize something that you're grateful for, you can't just write it down and like, right, I'm waiting for this fucking positivity to come now. It doesn't happen like that. It's more a sense of like, you just, you just feel better because you're, you're going in throughout your day and trying to find things you are grateful for, you know? So I, I would say that's the kind of main ones. And, and also good to think of like, what is benefiting you? When do you feel the best and try and replicate that as much as you can. So for example, if you're going out every weekend and you always get like a big, you're almost in a bit of a pit of like de depression, then you probably stop doing that for a little bit or you're eating loads of shit foods and then you don't really feel very good. You can try and almost do the opposite. So maybe come off alcohol for a little bit. Maybe stop eating so much processed food and you you'll realize throughout your day. And I think you get a better sense of this once you get more into like looking after yourself, you, you get an understanding of when you feel good, like, you'll probably agree with me like there's no better like nootropic if you like than going for a morning walk you have everything like all the neurotransmitters in your brain are, like popping off you think of all these ideas you think of all the memories you have especially when good music's in and stuff so you want to kind of replicate that you know so it's just whereas compared to maybe if you're just sitting in your arse and flicking through instagram probably do less of that so it's about basically comparing the two that's i know that's a bit of a long-winded answer but that's what we're here for oh no mate that's that's a good answer so just to obviously recap it's surround yourself with good people 
journaling when you can and always just look for positives in life and just give back just give a bit of value and try and give back to people there are three very 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 good um very good things to obviously keep positive one thing that i do want to relate to is what you just said is i feel like you're in a, a pit of obviously just bevin fucking 24 7 for like six seven weeks in a row like at the end of my last relationship i i'd done that i went on a fucking absolute bend on me for about seven oh, weeks right because because obviously from being self-employed i could work when i wanted so i worked my days around me going out a tuesday night thursday night <laughs> friday night and saturday night because all my mates were at uni so i would go through to my mates flat in uni and go out and ed- go out in edinburgh friday night saturday night and i would stay there till monday and then i would work monday and i'd go out tuesday night and i'd work wednesday afternoon and i'd go out thursday night in sutherland and i, I shit you not mate I-, I was just working training lying in my bed with a candle lit listening to sad music mate that, that was literally my own my life for about seven weeks until so it was actually bradley just said to me he was like mate you need to get a fucking grip of yourself <laughs> and then eventually i started to adapt and just do all the type of things thinking like what the fuck is wrong with me and i started like obviously going out like say walks in the morning start journaling start doing all these things and just obviously having a positive outlook just basically having a glass half full not a glass half empty and within honestly within weeks mate a massive massive change massive change last thing i want to add on that see the dog when it ran into the wire was it all right afterwards <laughs> i sounded like you made a mad schooling noise and that and i was like oh my fucking god and i remember i had to like thrown over my shoulder and we got in the car and then my expert at the time she was like reversing and like slammed the car into the, the lamp post, he was like, oh, you're going to be fucking paid for that. I was like, oh, my fucking God, man, this is fuck. Um, no, nah, he was he's all right. He was basically, he was a bit of an attention seeker, so he just made it a lot worse than it had to be. And I had to pay for all the, the vet bills and stuff like that. But um, And then he was fine after, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, he, he was all good. But, yeah, just going back to that, it's just trying to, I know people probably hear that and be like, what the hell? But it's just, in all those kind of situations, just be grateful that something worse didn't happen, you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes you just have to accept, as I say, that things aren't great, but yeah. just be, Put yourself in a bit of a more positive way, you know. Who's got the dog now? Uh, fucking hell. Um, so she <laughs> got she took the dog because not as like a like like a. As if I'm taking the win. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just kind of said, "Oh, you can have the dog." You know what I mean? Not as like, "Oh, I'm breaking up with you." There's a dog. It was just kind of like, "Well, you're the one who always wanted the dog, and you'll keep your company and all this kind of stuff." Um, then I think someone told me that she sold them. Or not sold them. She passed them on. She, I think she's she's engaged in that now. So it's time, man. <laughs> <laughs> there right well we'll swiftly move on for that um so one thing obviously has been brought up a, a, quite a few times in this is obviously you went on to love island now that's something that a lot of people are probably going to going to know and i'm sure you've been asked multiple times on multiple different um podcasts and there's a lot of questions i do actually want to ask regarding mental health and business to do with love island but before that just want to ask what made you want to go on love island well, you know what, what's, mate? Like, I didn't really want to go on it. They asked me, like, uh, they gave me a DM. And I always kind of thought about it. I thought, oh, it'd be sick to be fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, it'd be decent. Like, I wouldn't mind trying that. Um, because the thing is, you see it from the outside, and you don't get it until you're in it, you know? But um, now they messaged me, and then it was kind of a, a case of, like, right, I'll just go for the experience, you know what I mean? I, I've, I've grown a lot as a person over the last, like, year or so, so I might as well go for it. And there's another string to add to my bow. It's... Uh, I kind of feel with those kind of situations, just throw yourself into it anyway. Like, if people have messaged me since and be like, oh, should I do it? And I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you do it? Like, just go all in, get see how far you can get, 
and you can learn something from it again and you, you can obviously network with people meet different guys and girls you know what i mean so i've met boys obviously at the start and they were going for the interview process with me and obviously now i speak to them now and again and stuff like that so and you, the thing is you you get thrown questions and you, you kind of have to get better at like your conversational skills and stuff like this you end up better at because you've been in those kind of environments you know so um it wasn't a case of like oh i was dying to go on it or I applied or anything they just messaged me and then that's kind of how it all all began you know yeah i mean okay. <laughs> it's hilarious because i can remember being in australia and i got that same message from the producers on um thingy as well on instagram and I, I did message back. I was like, but listen, I'm in Australia. <laughs> I was yeah. like, and then they didn't get back to me, obviously, because I was in Australia. But like, because I applied, obviously, for it last year and got the interview. And I just didn't do it. I just, my arse collapsed. And I was just like, nah, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be famous. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. But it was hilarious when I seen, I just woke up one morning at like six in the morning in Australia. And I just seen that fucking Love Island phone. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's when i messaged and i was like mate did you get the same fucking like dm as me and then that's when you're like yeah exact same one it's fucking hilarious i'm not going to ask you obviously about like the full process and stuff because i'm sure everybody knows you've you've answered it multiple multiple times and um, but one thing i do want to ask you is obviously since you've come out of the villa you've You've obviously gained this massive following practically overnight. Um, like, how did it feel like coming out and having that amount of like interaction and engagement with people? And what kind of a, what was going through your head? Yeah, so the thing is, we always spoke about the villa, and like I was obviously there for a short period of time, and a lot of the other boys they were always asking, and girls were like, "Oh, how many followers am I?" And I was like, "You couldn't say, you know." What I mean, I remember there's a few times we went and did like challenges and stuff. Um, because when you do like the challenges, you usually have to like sit about for a bit, but the mics are still on so they can hear everything. So I was kind of like covering a mic and telling a few boys what followers are on and stuff like that. But um, you can <laughs> them up a little bit as well. You'd be like, Oh, mate, you're on a million and that, like, on oh, no the way. And I was like, Mate, I'm fucking winding you up, man. <laughs> like, um, but nah, like, so when you're in there, it's kind of like, uh, you're always thinking, oh, I wonder what I'm gonna because you don't have a fucking clue, right? Like, what people are thinking of you. You do certain things and you're like, Oh my god, I shouldn't have said that, man. And you just don't know if they're going to hear it. So I always kind of thought like, oh, there's going to be, uh, I'm going to have a few, you know what I mean? I just don't really know. And I remember I, 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 didn't, I didn't get my phone back for fucking ages. Um, and then I kind of sadly, my mum, they basically said, oh, do you want a family member to come down um, and basically watch the After Sun show with you? Um, so um, I was like, oh yeah, I'll get my mum to come down. That'd be sound. So my mum was like, <laughs> like hugging uh, Maya Jama and like Olivia Brentwood and that. I was like, what the fuck's going on here, man? <laughs> It was fucking nuts. And then I was sitting in like the the green room and I remember I was sitting there and then Laura Whitmore came in and my mum's like fucking like, oh, you did so well, didn't you? And she was like, yeah, you did well. I was like, mum, fucking chill out, man. Um, so like Laura Whitmore was there. I remember she made a tweet about me or something like that. Like I was high yeah, or something. So, so I was winding her up about that and she was saying that the Ian Sterling wasn't very happy and I was like, man, that's class. But um, <laughs> nah, so um, as I was kind of alluding to there, before that, we were in the hotel room, just me and my mum, and she was like just chatting away, and she was like, oh, you've done so well. I was like, oh, can I go on your phone and go onto my Instagram? That's, obviously, I didn't have my phone. I didn't get my phone until after, after some, which was pretty wild. So, like, she didn't have it for, like, three or four days after even finishing on the show. Yeah. So I went on, and it was, like, 40,000 or something like that. I was like, fucking hell, this is nuts. And I remember I messaged Connor, who I was obviously in charge of my Instagram. I was like, oh, mate, like, I got my mum's phone. So I had to message it through my mum's Instagram account, and that was just mental. But, um, so, yeah, I, I seen it, and I obviously see some of the comments and stuff, but something that everyone said to me, like, there wasn't one bad comment, you know what I mean? You're, everyone was seeing your 
although like, I think obviously if I was in there for longer, people would get to know you a lot more. But it was, I think because the way I was kind of portrayed in the show, like it came across quite well. But yeah, I, I managed to get my phone back. I remember I was a bit like intoxicated at the time because it was like an after party at after after sun and stuff. So, um, but then when I first got it, wasn't too bad. Obviously, there's a few meshes and stuff like that. Um, but literally, there was nothing to, to, to worry about, really. I didn't really have a chance to think about it because I just came off the back of, obviously, After Sun, which is all a live show. So that was really weird. Like, I've never really done stuff like that. And, and because I kind of go in tangents a lot of times, as you probably got to tell on this podcast, but I remember I had like a chat before. And they're like, right, this is the question they're going to get asked. And I was going well in depth on all these answers. Like, yeah, you don't have time for that, mate. You've got like, maybe 10 seconds to get your answer in. Um, so, yeah, after that, I kind of chilled out. And obviously, I was with... Um, it was with Leanne and then Sophie and then Connor as well. So just kind of chatting to them. And I remember I went on my phone and obviously it was popping off. And I remember I put a story up um, saying, oh, I'm back on my phone. And then it went pretty mental. But I was only like 40,000. I say only, only 40,000 at the time. And then I remember I used to put pictures up and the thing used to go, <laughs> like just go mental. Like, and I remember I used to switch from my, because I remember I wanted to check out the Dynamorph site. And then literally I couldn't use that site because obviously the notification would pop down. And I was like, I literally can't get on this. Like it was just like constant. <laughs> So yeah, it was just it was it was nuts. Like, and I remember like the messages, like DM part was just ninety nine plus for ages. You go through it, and it just it was it was really nice, you know. Um, but then what happened is, in that position, obviously you want to try and grow your Instagram as much as you can. That's that's kind of what you want to do. So I knew right, I'm going to be in a lot of the limelight here. So I just like kept on posting stuff because obviously I've been in Instagram for a long time with obviously my business. So and then luckily because I kind of caught that wave, my following grew up to like and I think it was a hundred and seventy thousands i have something like that hundred and seventy thousand yeah something like that and then that's when like it kind of slowed down and then i was like oh shit because obviously you get this relationship like oh they literally it was going up like like 10k a day and i obviously i visually i got to see this because i had my phone in my hands so i went from like 40 all the way up um so again that was pretty surreal like gaining like a hundred and ten thousand and seeing that every day, I was like, boys, what the fuck? Like, oh, I'll try and get to 100K, got there. And then it was like, oh, I want to get to 200K. And then it kind of got to 170, and then it kind of stopped. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then that's when everything started to feel a bit different. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, no one like cares about me anymore than that. Like, no one like cares about what I'm doing. And then recently, I've seen it kind of drop, and it's weird. And it's like, oh, fuck. But the thing is, you need to understand about something like that is you're only, you're only like the talk of Instagram for a little bit. You know what I mean? You're, at that one moment in time, you were like the biggest thing probably in the UK, you know what I mean, going on because I was obviously all the limelight's on you. And then people only get invested for a short period of time and then they drop off, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like the analogy I always use is like when the World Cup's on, everyone gets involved in football, everyone's like on even like birds and that. They're like, obviously girls can like football as well, but girls who don't usually watch football, they're like, oh my God, this guy's so hot or this football is so hot or that I like this football team and then after the world cup they don't give a shit about it so i think my violence is the same in the sense of like this big rush but kind of going back to your question was tough because what i see is like you haven't built this yourself so it's a weird you basically just get given in charge and another analogy i like to use and i remember i was kind of struggling at one point but it's kind of like you're given this big massive mansion and everyone's like fucking hell where did that come from like people come around and want to visit it people always kind of giving you attention for it and then eventually people get tired of it. Like they're like, oh, you're just known as the guy with a big mansion, you know, and you've been given all these followers. That's the analogy I'm using. Whereas if you slowly built that up, people invest in your journey. So yeah. for example, like we're doing here, obviously we've got our businesses. So that, like the messages I get on there are probably a lot more meaningful because they're not just like, oh, well done. Or like people want to get pictures. A lot of time when people ask for pictures, it's like they get the picture and then they just fuck off basically because they're, they're, they're just more interested in basically being part of it all. Whereas yeah. if they ask 
it'll take time to chat and like the podcast I do now, like with people with obviously my business and like something like this, it's good because we're just investing in each other. Uh, it's not invested in the whole glamorized love and thing. So that was really tough because as I say, you're just given all these follows. You didn't know how to, to deal with that, you know? And then obviously whatever you, you're, you're getting a kind of thrill out of, you want more of that and you just want to keep chasing it. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, I want to keep going and get more followers and get more messages and get more likes and people sharing stories and all that. Then it's like, it has to end at some point, you know, unless you're building something up. And that's why I think it's, you get better satisfaction by building something over time because whatever you just get given usually doesn't last um, for sure. And that's why overnight success is really, it's good. You get good opportunities. But then again, it's, it's how long-term are those um, opportunities, you know? Yeah. Um, this is going to be, this was going to be something I was actually going to ask later on, but I'm just going to ask it now. Um, do you find that having that, big following has helped your business or do you think your business would be in the exact same position right now if you weren't in love island i mean it has to a certain degree but then i think like everyone who follows it down our page like would have kind of followed anyway um but obviously it's just this like people don't really come to the demo page to, to kind of see me as such they obviously want to see you train and stuff but with the personal pages just obviously just see bits of me training anyway but yeah i think like business has grown a little bit but it's not crazy like you would have thought it would have been a lot more mental and um, especially like one-to-one pt but what you find is like it's like people don't actually want to train with you they just want to try and be seen with you sometimes i feel yeah so like one-to-one didn't grow like crazy and um, also as well because people are getting a little bit nervous about you and stuff like that and maybe they're like well, I'm going to have to like send pictures across. I'm going to be training, like dripping a sweat, no makeup on. Like, I don't want to be, see- I don't want him to see me like that. So in a way, it maybe regressed it a little bit, you know, because then yeah, people feel a bit vulnerable. Yeah, you know, so, um, or they just, they want to think like, oh, they kind of look up to you or whatever. They don't want to, like, it happens at the best of times, never mind with that. So it, it grew online, but then it was just like false, man. Like I got like, remember I put like online coaching thing up and then I think we got 50 inquiries for online coaching in like maybe like 24 hours, which is just, when you think of that, that's fucking nuts. You know I mean? Getting 50 inquiries for online coaching is just mental. But literally, I went through them all, and all of them were just like, like 16, 17-year-olds, which is fine. But just like, I remember, like, obviously, you'd have to, like, text them and stuff. And this is when it become a little bit annoying because I was, like, I was texting them and it was almost like they just wanted to get your number and stuff like that, which is annoying. But then sometimes you did get the – but this is what's annoying about it. Sometimes you did get genuine people who want to work with you, but you just didn't know if it was real or not. I think, like, it was probably – not the best decision to go all in with like kind of going back on online coaching until things died down and you kind of filtered through the process of finding out who is actually investing in you for yeah. your business. Um, but now nah, it didn't grow crazy. I mean, we released like an ebook and stuff and that did really well. Um, but and again, I think like that would have done well nonetheless because it was really good product and we had the time to do it. Um, but then I think it just gets a little bit more engagement and stuff. Um, but what I even see now, I'll, I'll post something like a, a podcast or like an Instagram post through the business page it doesn't really get crazy traction it's decent but it's not it's not crazy um i think like maybe people in the local area have been they, they kind of like they've seen a different side to me as well maybe they actually thought oh he's not like arrogant he's actually quite genuine down to earth because they see me on like live tv and stuff yeah um yeah. so i think that kind of helped it but nah it wasn't wasn't crazy mate to be honest but i don't know what it'll bring later in the line but um just have to wait and see really yeah 100 percent like it's funny, obviously, how you're saying your DMs were uh, like 99 plus, like because I remember messaging you after it, just being like, "How are you, mate? Like, what was it like?" And then you hadn't replied. And I was thinking your DMs are going to be absolutely fucking. Ah, it's but then I, d- I didn't realize until today that I had your fucking number anyway. I could have just texted you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I number is fine. It was just a message. It was just mental. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Um, one thing I want to ask is when you came out, did you see the walls and grommet memes? 
Oh, mate, millions of them. And I seen the one about the, the imagine having a, a kid that good looking and naming Wallace and that. I was like, fucking hell, my mum was great. <laughs> I've seen that. It was, I, do you think it was just coincidence that the Wallace and Gromit advert was on after Love Island? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Like, was there a Wallace and Gromit advert on? I didn't yeah, that's, see that. That's where it came from. Supposedly, after you had been, you so as soon as you entered, because I, I only watched the three days you, you were in and then I didn't watch yeah. it again but as soon, as soon as like that first episode where you entered the villa the first advert after it was a, supposedly like a Warburton's Wallace and Gromit advert and that's where all the memes came from supposedly I think I think that was just I'd see, to be honest, I didn't know that I think that's just fucking crazy good marketing to be honest <laughs> with you mate. I think that's really I think basically Warburton's would be like let's just go all in on that you know what I mean it's like the whole diluting juice thing and all that like Obviously, from their point of view, it's really good marketing for them. So I think like it just makes sense. I, I don't really think it was coincidence. I think they would have been like, right, we want to pay for a spot. You know what I mean? Because obviously, with ads and stuff like that, they can pay for certain spots. You know, so yeah, I'd imagine they've just went right. We're going to make an advert for Wallace and Gromit in it because of the hot topic. You know? Yeah, a hundred percent. But it's it's good for you. Like that's one thing I don't think I could deal with is coming out and. Because you, you have no idea how they're going to portray you on that show. Like, you have no idea. Like, I like to think of myself as a pretty fucking sound guy. I'm a nice person. Mm-hmm. But they could make you out to be a right arsehole on that show. And, like, if you, you come out, like, I'm quite strong-minded, but I don't know if I could deal with 100,000 messages saying you're a fucking prick. <laughs> like, I honestly don't know if I could deal with that. That's yeah. what made me think, like, nah. Because there's a few people that have went on that I think Connor... I can't remember his name, the one with the teeth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Connor Durham. <laughs> yeah, supposedly, like, because obviously to start with, he come across as a, a right dick. And supposedly people were saying that, like, I mean, this is obviously just speculation, but people were saying that he left his girlfriend in Australia and stuff and, like, he actually was in a relationship and everything. Now, but then I knew a girl that knew him and they were like, that's not true. And I was just like, you fucking don't know what to believe, mate. And like, that's... Oh, mate, his, his ex-girlfriend's fucking nuts, mate. Like, <laughs> I, I, lucky, like, nothing really came out. Like, there was nothing to come out anyway. But before you go on the show, they basically go through stuff and be like, right, is it, you've got any, like, psycho ex-girlfriends, anything like that, or, like, anything that could say, anyone that could say anything. And I knew, like, my, my most previous ex-girlfriend, like, I knew that she wouldn't really say anything. And you should just be like that, because she's quite mature in that sense. So... And there was nothing that could come out. I, I had to delete so much shit, bro, like, on my Instagram. Like, it was just daft stuff. But I think because, obviously, the whole Ollie thing with him doing, like, uh, poaching with, obviously, like, shooting animals and stuff. Yeah. Like, they were just, like, all in. Remember, it was just, like, daft stuff I had to delete. There was one of me, like, pretending to do a DJ shit, um, set on a balcony. They're like, oh, you're you're almost too close to the balcony. Like, like all this mad shit. Like, mate, that was a what? daft one. Yeah, mate, mental stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? And then there would be ones of, like, me just like jumping off cliffs and that you were like oh you shouldn't be promoting that can you delete them i was like what so yeah everything mate but the whole with that ollie guy he got i'm sure someone sold him out so someone basically sold that story in him with basically sent pictures to the newspapers because he's deleted all that i believe um so yeah just like luckily enough i've got a good circle around me and no one really did anything but there's nothing to do anyway i've not done anything bad so yeah yeah, sure. was there not pictures like you're a fucking diehard rangers fan as well aren't you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm just assuming you had to delete a lot of that. I so I forgot to delete one, and I went all the way down one day, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I forgot to delete that." I'm just like fucking, oh, you fucking. I'm not gonna say it on here, but like all the stuff that was getting said, and then because my my cousin, he used to play for Rangers, so they were trying to get loads out of him as well. So 
he put something up like, oh, all the best cuz and that, and then just the papers are all over him, like a rash, and asked him to do interviews and all this kind of stuff, but he just thought, it's better off me just not saying anything. Yeah. Because he, he got done uh, a couple of weeks before because he still goes to Rangers games. even He's still a footballer now, but he was giving like the wanker side to Celtic fans and stuff. <laughs> um, it, it was what happens, but they caught that on camera, and then obviously he put up that, um, he was my cousin and the, the, the Sun newspaper like fucking because they couldn't really find anything on me that was bad and then obviously they found that and they almost tried to make it as if I was the same in the sense that like I, I would go to games and do that but then they were just like nah and tried to interview my mum and stuff like that and mum was just like nah I don't want to do it because yeah. so, it could just take one thing you know what I mean I know it's wild like one of my old clients he was a he worked with BT but he was high up and he, he always met with journalists and stuff and this is when I applied and got the interview not the year you were on it but the year before yeah. And um, mate, I, if he put me off it, like he was like, if you have anything, delete it. He was like, they will go on your Facebook and go to your friends and look at friends of friends and everything and offer them one, two thousand pound to have just the one little dirty thing on you. And I was like, I don't really have anything to hide, but you don't know, cunts are psycho, mate. Like <laughs> people could start just saying shit about you for no reason, eh? And yeah. I was just like, that for me was, that was it. I was just like, Nah, <laughs> don't. Well, the thing is, it's your word against theirs. You know what I mean. So they could say something, and it's like, well, prove that. You know what I mean. So I was shit myself about that. And I remember there was a time where I was having to delete loads of stuff, and then I thought, right, that's everything deleted. And then the my like chaperone, like the one, the woman who was looking after me, um, like going through all my social media and that, she was like, oh, you've not deleted like everything. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I've literally done everything I can think of, and she just sent me loads of stuff, like just endless. I remember, there was even daft stuff like. Remember there was a picture of me and like when I was working abroad and I had like a wild tan and my sister's like, oh, you look black here. And they're like, yeah, you can't have that. And I was like, I didn't even think of that. And then just like loads of stuff, like anything that people had commented, like there was like ones from age. So I was like, how the fuck have you found that? So I just ended up having to delete my Facebook. Um, then my Instagram had to delete like all the podcasts I've ever done because like, well, we can't go through them all. You could have said one wrong thing, you know what I mean? So you could have said I actually anything. checked that. I checked to see hours again and it was gone. And I was like, you prick. Yeah, mate, it was <laughs> So was that, that why? Yeah, everything was gone, mate. Everything was just absolutely gone, mate. There's nothing oh, at all. Mate, that's wild. But I mean, I suppose they have to do that nowadays. Obviously, from in the past, where people committing suicide and that, like they they have to do it. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, they just take one. I remember there was one like it was a Q and A, and we kind of put the the thumbnail of like steroids and stuff like that. It's trying obviously you just play the game a little bit, and people want to know that kind of shit. So we had to delete that. Like, oh, you're talking about steroids and that. And I was like, well, I'm not. Like, I'm not going to take them. But yeah, yeah I mean, you, you and TM Psychos were chatting about that in your podcast. Like, I found that wild, man, that they made you delete. That you're not promoting them. You're actually promoting against them. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. just, it's like I had to get like a drugs test for steroids, and it's fucking bullshit because people have been on there previous have done stuff like I know for a fact. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And um, like all these kind of facts and stuff never never mind even like more can enhance steroids and stuff like that so yeah they took like but they only took your blood test for like testosterone so again you could probably get away with that somehow um and then obviously check like they do an sti check check on you as well to make sure obviously you're not got any stis because obviously if you went on there and you gave someone something it would just be fucking oh well yeah and it's the same obviously (laughs) (laughs) exactly but it's the same like the steroid thing if you for example if you kicked off um and then you're quite a large guy in that. They could be like, oh, he takes steroids, whatever. But if they've done the test and they're like, well, we've done his test, you know what I mean? So I think that's why they just like to cover it, you know? Yeah. See, see in the villa, did you find as if people were putting on an act and not being their self at all? I mean, you never really know because you don't know these people before, you know what I mean? So you don't know what they're like outside. So I'm sure if you spoke to some of their mates, they'd be like, what the fuck, you know what I mean? But that's the thing I really liked about I came off the show and all the mates were like, you literally just like you were. You just maybe weren't as hyper. I was like, oh, but all the 
the, the hyperactive stuff they just didn't show because to be honest it wasn't really that engaging like I was messing around all the time and they were kind of like oh can you just go and have a chat to so and so about like oh if you like her or that and I was like oh, I could be fucked doing that really I don't really like anyone but now nah, I, I think like I wouldn't say people were playing a game um I, I wouldn't say that I would say maybe they were just better at enhancing their personality at certain times or they can get engrossed in a conversation you know like from my point of view now, if I really wanted the airtime and if I wanted want to do well on the show, for example, if you were speaking to a girl or whatever, um, and I could just make it as if I liked her, I'm like, oh, I mean, fucking hell, you know I liked her, and you'd be like, what are you talking about? And you could almost be better at playing the game a little bit. There's, there's certain moments I kind of thought, oh, I could play on this here and go a little bit yeah. more mental and stuff like that, and maybe just go a bit more crazy. It's even stuff like, for example, if I went and got with Sophie, or I tried my hardest to get like Sophie, who obviously was like in Connor before and then they could have done stuff like if I really liked Sophie then maybe we could have progressed and then they maybe would have brought like Connor back in it would have created all this drama all this kind of stuff so just kind of depends really see like even like um the whole me and Rebecca thing with the avocado and toast like she didn't really react that badly but they made it they cut it so it looked really bad um and like yeah it's just like I think some people are just better than others like I realized that when I went into like the beach hut thing so basically like this and I was totally chilled out I was like just sitting back like oh can you sit a bit differently please and I was like what I was like just be myself man <laughs> um just because they wanted you to sit up on that and then remember I was just like look, totally losing the head and just going mental and then they were like oh can you slow down and I was like well this is what I'm like though you know what I mean? so um nah but then I went in with I went into the beach hut after because I never went in with anyone else so because I was in a couple with Rebecca and she just switched my like total like shouting and that and I was like what the fuck and I was like this is mental because obviously that's what everyone was doing and now I watch it back and everyone's just like right so today this is what happened and then I can't believe that it's like just I don't know I, I don't really think you would get that hyper man but then it, it just shows you that obviously they go through the process because obviously what they do is have like a lens pointing you and you, you it basically is like a replication of the beach beach hut so if you can kind of fire yourself up then obviously it does make a difference but especially with the talking to you about like I never had anything that was really kind of going mental about so yeah I think people were just better at, they weren't so much be, maybe not being themselves they just knew how to enhance their personality they definitely oh, yeah, sure. like slept during the day and all that like just chilled out by the pool and they got to night time where things kind of were getting we knew things were getting filmed a little bit more and then they'd be like right let's go for it because I remember there used to be times where they'd just be like right filming's pretty much done just chill out um basically just kind of like just chat whatever you want to chat about because we've kind of got enough footage for the day and then obviously night time they were like right we need you to come have this conversation and like remember one time I was chatting to Shanice about something. You're like, oh, you just don't really seem very angry about it. I was like, oh, because I don't really care. I'm not really bothered. Like, I've only just met the girl. Like, oh, but they're like, oh, but you, you kind of should be angry. Like, and I was like, so I had to go back and have the conversation again. And then I had to get like more up for it. And that I was like, you wild, mate. Like, yeah. having to go back and have the same conversation. Like, yeah, it was fucking wild, man. And then like, she had to, like, obviously replicate that and be like, oh, well, I don't think that. And it's just like, man, so, like, when you have to go back and have the conversation, do like, are you getting told to go back and have the conversation or did both of you get told to have this conversation again? Well, you did just like, I remember there was uh, basically she kissed like Luke T or something like that. So I was like, oh, sounds. And then I was like, oh, in the, in the outside world, it sounds weird to say, if I went on a date with someone and then the next day they were, they were kissing them and that, I probably wouldn't chat yeah, them fuck. Exactly. And I'd probably be like, oh, you know what? Just do your own thing. Like, I don't think this is going to work out. Like, fuck it. Um, so they, I just kind of said that, and they're like, oh, well, you need to get a bit more into it. And then I had to, like, basically called me to the side, and I had to go back, and she was just still sat there. And I remember there was a time with Finn as well. So Finn, me and Finn had a chat. Like, oh, this is really good, good. But, yeah, they're really good chat earlier, but can you go and have it again? So we just have to basically reel off that same conversation again. 
So it's like basically someone coming in and be like, oh, Dylan and uh, Wallace, can you go and do the, the podcast again? And like, right, I'll send. You know, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, weird, man. Right. So you always have to hide there. So that's the, that's the bits you don't see, you know? Jeez, oh. There's one, the one last thing I want to ask before we go on to the questions yeah, that man. people have asked me through um, Instagram. Well, you obviously have, but have you been approached to selling yourself out and what's your opinions on it? <laughs> yeah, um, so this is quite a good one. I like talking about this because um, there's a lot of stuff that people are selling. The thing is, it's easy to, you have to look after number one, right? But there's been a few things like I've not actually done many pre-posts. Like I remember I was putting TCA stuff up all the time, um, which is a brand that I wore for like, years and years. And I remember I'd put stuff up and people were like, fucking hell, you must be raking in with all those paid posts. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm just putting these posts up because they look good because I'm training the gym and that. Because um, I, I was a bit naive to it. I didn't think to. And I, the thing is with these brands, if you don't basically put yourself forward and be like, oh, these are my prices, they, they won't basically say anything. So I remember TC, I just didn't say anything. And fair enough, they just sent me clothes. And I thought, this is amazing. So I didn't think anything of it. But yeah. with my following, I could have charged money. Um, and then same with Legend London as well. I remember they sent me a few bits and I was like, oh, I fucking love Legend London stuff. So I'm just going to post a bit. Um, and I remember after I was like, oh, can we maybe set up a paid post? And they were kind of like, well, and this was like a month or so down the line. And I obviously wasn't a hot topic anymore. And they were just kind of, oh, well, we're not doing it at the moment, which they probably would have been, but which is fine. I get it. But no, I, I think like some people get opportunities. Like you see a lot of the kind of trading ones, like people doing trading, which is just bullshit. You know what I mean? Like it takes years and years to get good at trading, especially if people are vulnerable at this moment in time. You know what I mean? Like a young kid might see that and be like, oh, trading, like if that's what he did. Because I see for a fact, mate, like people get so invested, man, especially like younger guys and girls. Like people want to do like their hair the same as you and they want to maybe like understand like how you got into PT and almost like live your life for a bit. So if you're doing trading, they think, oh, I want to do that. Like I want to be this that so you know what i mean you know what you like you're so vulnerable at that age i remember even go back to like fitness before i used to see youtube videos and i would see like someone i look up to eat a certain way so i would have to try and replicate that um so yeah i've been very picky with what i can promote um i remember there's a lot of opportunities came my way the only thing i have done is like with hotels and that i've been like oh by any chance if i post a picture of me in the hotel room can can i get it for free or whatever or they're like yeah that's fine so stuff like that's fine um, but then there's been obviously like people have been doing like ab training things and I'm like yeah, fucking hell and I almost wanted to message them like why are you doing this like called secret fitness because you wear it under your top and that I was just like what the fuck I was like what about calorie deficit though <laughs> so um, so yeah it's really annoying for someone like me but then I get from their perspective they don't really know enough about it um, and I obviously see people like Ronaldo promoting it but it's like Ronaldo's probably getting offered a silly amount of money for that so it kind of but even still it's not right but it's yeah. even like harder life he's done as well but no nah, i just don't really agree with some of it but again also you've got to remember in this situation that you're only a hot topic for a, a period of time and you kind of got to take and make the, the money these people get, be getting from paid posts is fucking a bit surreal to be honest and obviously for me i have the my business and stuff but a lot of people have left like their their job and then basically just they, they have to find an income you know because you it's not like a crazy amount of money that just comes in from nowhere you, you have to get money from somewhere so I don't really agree with it, but then again, it's like, that's how you're putting food on the table. But they, I think you always have to remember, like, kind of patience always wins in the long term and, and having value. But a lot of people don't give a shit as well. Like, I do stuff like, like almost put posts up for free and, and not like kind of stuff in the sense of like, just loads of value information, like obviously the podcast. And I'm sure like some people would be like, oh, if you want me to come on your podcast, you're going to have to pay me for that. Like, it's just stupid shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there'd be people like that. Um, but I just, I don't agree with a lot of it. I get like, doing paid posts and stuff if that's something you believe in like all the posts i've done of clothing i would wear anyway like i would yeah. never want to promote something because i remember people have been approached me before and i was like oh mate i'm not gonna lie like i wouldn't probably wear that so i'm not gonna promote it because people 
again it is an advertisement but people wear stuff because you're wearing stuff you know what i mean so that's usually the reason why they do it you know yeah. when you're like, oh, be like you you know what i mean it's like when you're younger you see like fucking Ronaldinho with a pair of boots on you want to wear them because he's wearing them so it's like you're trying to replicate you know what I mean? especially the younger age group so yeah i think you've got to be very very careful what you're selling you know it's um it's not it's not it's not no joke you know what i mean like people can really get themselves in a sticky situation so yeah but i'll go on a bit of tangent there but just yeah that's all about it agree with Nah, mate, I, I knew you were going to go on one because we've had this conversation before <laughs> and I fucking can't stand all these paid posts. Like, especially when it's for stupid car air fresheners and that. It's like making oh, my man. car smell great and it's like, you are a complete knob. <laughs> like, just go and buy a magic tree for your local garage, mate, and it will smell the exact same. Like, yeah. But, like, fair enough, mate. Like, if that's what they want to do and that's how they can make the money in short term, then it's fine. Like, if they can make the money short term and throw it into investments, then it's going to be good. But a lot of the people that go on this show do it for the fame factor and the ego, ego boost. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you have that and you've got a bit of money, you spunk it on a fucking brand new Merc and and buy a house and then, what, you're fucked, mate. You've got nothing left. Yeah. Like, you've not got a business to fall back on. So, yeah, I mean, you've obviously done it the smart way. And I knew that as soon as like, I seen you go in and I was like, he's not going to sell out. Like, this will be to boost his, boost his business. Yeah, that was the main thing. I think people get caught up with that. And even when I went in there, I remember they asked me, oh, who do you like? And I was like, oh, I don't really like anyone in there, like, in terms of, like, just attracted to us. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Because like, like, I just had to say, like, I like some girls in there. But because um, when I like someone, I'm usually quite honed in. You know what I mean? I'm like, right, I really like them. I'm going to try. I'm the same. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm usually like quite intense, like so. I was like, oh, this would have been amazing if I actually like someone, but it's just just the way it goes. But now I always kind of thought, well, I was gonna grow my business, you know what I mean? And everyone I spoke to, like, well, but didn't actually grow my business crazy amounts. Um, with some stuff, it will. I think like clothing and all that kind of stuff, but just to wait and see. But now I was never gonna, never gonna go down that route, man. Yeah, for sure. Nah, good to fucking hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, mate, that's pretty much everything I want to ask you. So we're going to move on to questions that I have been asked through Instagram. <laughs> we're going to start off with one <laughs> from my friend Hannah. This wasn't actually asked through Instagram. This was asked through a text to me to directly hit you. Um, <laughs> right, so, I like it. That's a, that's a good start, man. A lot of graph. So Hannah has asked if you can go on a date because her mum thinks the two of yous would get on really well, and her mum really likes you. <laughs> <laughs> Where's she from, man? She's from Glasgow, mate. Well, she's technically from Moffat. She's, she's a posh one. Oh, she's a posh one. I have to check out her Instagram, man. See, I'll, see I'll give you it afterwards, mate. Aye, don't worry. Man. <laughs> um, you've answered this one. Where did the idea for Di- Dynamo come from? You kind of answered that one already. Um, yeah. biggest le- lessons you've learned since going into or coming out of the show yeah so um, I learned a lot like I think even saying to you before like this whole podcast started like for me like I, I just like gained so much confidence I know it sounds a bit daft to say um, I think it can go one or two ways I think like almost to survive after that process you have to like sink or swim as such and um, I always kind of thought like oh I'm going to feel like quite like not insecure but maybe people are kind of look at me all the time or feel like I'm kind of vulnerable 
but just like the confidence went through the roof even like my mates and that were saying that like oh you just look you seem so much more confident now and like just like open but I think because you're in a position where the cameras are on you every moment every day and maybe see sides of you that not everyone sees because obviously when you're out in town or whatever you're you're doing your hair you're, you're ready to go you're looking sharp but when you wake up first thing you're a bit rough in that like you've got to take the sleep out your eyes everyone sees that part of you so I guess like you get like a level of confidence and also because you've got this like fall and you can take it one or two ways and like you hear people saying nice things about you and you, you realize that maybe like people think like nice things as i say like maybe staff stuff like it's so subjective but maybe people feel like you're confident all that kind of stuff and then that kind of translates into you kind of believing yourself a lot more of course i think like if my journey was a little bit different maybe i wouldn't be as confident but i remember when we first came out like me and my mate were just kind of walking to go and get an andos i think it was so just the typical spice boy stuff but um we wouldn't get an andos and just remember i was just kind of walking through my mate was like what the, how do you deal with this like everyone's just looking at it. i didn't really see it like i'm just kind of used to it but yeah definitely just feel like i, I pull my shoulders back and heads up a bit higher and just a little bit more engrossed in conversation i think like with a situation like that you figure yourself out like Obviously, being in there, you've got no phone and you're having conversations with different people and it's nerve-wracking. Like, you go into that situation you don't know anyone. I wasn't, wasn't crazy nervous. I was just, like, I, I was nervous because I felt like I, I want to try and last in the show. So I had to try and push myself forward. And I never, and I didn't really like anyone that much, but I was kind of like, well, I need to try and come up with someone. So I was nervous about, obviously, a lot about conflict because you don't really like conflict, especially because it's the wrong reasons. If I generally like someone, I'm like, right, let's, let's go for it. Like, I'm just going to have to embrace it. But now I... I I think I've just figured myself out because I wasn't on my phone. I realized that maybe I didn't have the best work-life balance. So now I've got that. I've got my own like kind of little thing going on because before my identity was just dining off in this business and I was a PT. Whereas now because I've got that and now I'm into like more YouTube kind of stuff, like let's be on this podcast. Not a lot, but it's been a bit business. Like, so I guess I just figured myself in the sense of like what I like and what I don't like, what I kind of missed as well. What I didn't really miss of being based in position because even when you go on holiday, you're on your phone quite a lot and you don't really get a chance to, to actually zone out so yeah I just figured out what I kind of wanted to do really and I learned a lot and I just learned maybe that throwing yourself into situations where you're not too comfortable you can learn a lot and you you just you don't get as nervous so now I go into like maybe like a meeting with someone and I just think fuck it because I went in a position where I knew like hardly anyone and then it was obviously live on tv so after that everything seems a little bit simpler you know yeah 100 percent um they're gonna <laughs> a girl said let's date that's self-development related, right? <laughs> <laughs> that translates back to what we've been talking about today with all this, um, like, gratitude journaling and stuff, I guess. So. Yeah, um, you get attached to one thing you say and then they're like, oh, that's the, that's the way in, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> I know, it. We're going to end with two questions that I think um, you'll be able to give a really good answer on. The f- they were both by the same person. The first one is tips to starting an online PT business. So if you want to give your views on that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, starting out online is quite tough. I would also, like, it depends what the context is. If it's, for example, if it's PT, I would always, I would, I think I would go towards doing one-to-one first. I would try and have one-to-one conversations first because you, you build a lot of rapport and you get an understanding of like body language, things like that. Because, and you also get to understand like the lies people tell and the truths like people tell and, and what people struggle with. Whereas online, unless you have a conversation, unless you can't really tell, so once you do one-to-one, you get to figure out, like, right, this is, I've heard this a million times before, like, how do I deal with this? Whereas if you hear it online, you don't know, you've not experienced that and seen it in person. Um, so I, I would definitely say, like, first get a, basically get a little bit of experience in the field. So get out there and do 
one-to-one -one or maybe even just if you are you're able to do that maybe just maybe train i don't know how you do it you'd, ha you'd have to to be honest man i think you would need to do one-to-one -to, -one to start and then transition into online i don't really think it's a good idea to go straight online unless you're in a position like myself where i brought connor on because i knew i could teach him a lot about understanding personality types and things like that and yeah um, like something like that would be good if you wanted to go online and learn a bit, maybe ask a few questions, maybe go onto someone's wing for a little bit and then branch off. So, for example, um, someone maybe wants to start, start an online business, maybe they speak to you, you like, right, can I maybe just run alongside you and maybe, maybe take a few on, online clients for free under your business and then I can eventually move on because they can ask you questions how to deal with certain stuff. And then you can almost discover yourself and then you can branch away. So maybe just trying to, trying to, Involve yourself with as, as many knowledge people as you, as you can. And then obviously don't replicate anyone, but see maybe where you want to go and, and which path you want to go in and, and try and replicate some of the stuff they do, but don't get too honed in and what they say goes. So take little inspirations from everywhere. And, and just like a lot of people get in this trap of like, oh, content, 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 but content doesn't give you like, the skills you need to, to understand people you know so um it gets you in terms of like some engagement but a lot of engagements but shit sometimes you'll post a topless pic and then you get loads of like likes and stuff but people almost think like if i get my if i get the perfect video like you see like jay alderton like does like his um i don't know what it's called it's like a course where basically you learn how to just nail instagram pretty much so people think they're going to do that and that's going to lead to loads of customers it comes back to the same thing of having a good physique it's not like that you have to have conversation with people you have to understand like you could be in terrible shape but you can just sell like unbelievably well you can just talk so well like some of the best pts i've ever met are just unbelievable talkers they're so captivating they can basically put things in a, a way in a manner that people can understand a little bit better um whereas sometimes like the kind of old school approach of like right this is what you gotta do you gotta be in a calorie deficit this doesn't work like your videos are brilliant because they're relatable and they're kind of like quite funny and they're quite short and, and sweet in the sense yeah. of like right that's captivating me i can learn a bit from that so stuff like that's good um but then again you wouldn't have that and you wouldn't have that kind of like that humor and that like almost that relationship with clients they wouldn't really get it they'd be like oh he's cool but they wouldn't be like oh i want to invest in him if you hadn't done the one-to-one -one, you know so i think yeah, like doing one-to-one -one is really important you know yeah for sure no that was a very good answer and it's exactly what i thought you were going to give this one as well i think you would give a good answer on it's the last one before we end it is how to increase my followers so i can work with sports brands slash make my mark as a pt okay Cool. Um, work with sports brands, but you have to understand why you want to work with a sports brand. Like, what's the reason for that? Like, realistically, working with a sports brand, of course, you're going to get free, free clothes, but then what's, what's that really giving you? You know what I mean? So I think maybe just remove that first because it's like, well, if you pull back the layers, that's A, it's not going to give you more business. And like B, it's, it's just not going to, I don't know, it's just not going to, you, you'll get to that and you'll get the sports brand sponsor. Then, after that, what, what is it? You know what I mean? Um, and again, I would probably maybe set your bar a little higher. So maybe get your business so good that you can create a sports brand out of your business, you know? So have a little bit of a higher value for yourself, you know? And it's two different kind of objectives there as well. And I think with sports brands, sometimes you're promoting another business and then you can't focus as much. So there'll be certain like things you have to do. And of course, it's nice getting free clothes and that. But I've always, even like with TCA who give me stuff, they've asked me about like, oh, do, do you want, us to like help design your, like your your like basic clothes for your business and i was like no not really because i want to go through the process of uh, like basically finding manufacturers all that kind of stuff it's all part of the journey so yeah. I, I would kind of remove that first 
Um, of course, if people want to offer you free stuff, then brilliant. Um, but I don't really think that should be the reason. If it is, it's probably the wrong thing to be doing. Because if you're just in the if you're just in the PT field, just trying to get a, like a support sponsor, it's not really the right thing to do. So try and remove that and then concentrate and give it a little bit more value. Because what will happen is you'll start to build up the value with and a connection with your followers, and then they'll start to invest in you. And then when you do maybe get given free clothes and stuff like that, you'll get a, a lot of satisfaction in the sense of like, right, I really like these clothes and they actually make me feel comfortable. And then if people are investing in you, they're like, oh, I want to get that. And then you get a, a sense of fulfillment because you're thinking, well, like what I really like and what I see valuable. And they've also taken that as well because they've invested in me. So, and I think we're building your, your one-to-one and your, you kind of, because that was a question right alongside that, like building uh, your was business. Two seconds, I'll get up. It was, um, yeah, so increase my followers so I can make my mark as a PT. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so to increasing your followers, you also have to understand what increasing your followers means. So followers doesn't necessarily mean like crazy interaction and, and high sales and all that kind of stuff. Because um, I see now my engagement is just like dropped, even though I've got a massive following. Like some of the engagement just doesn't, like I see people, not that you should compare, but some people with much less following have better engagement. So I think the, make, the thing you should concentrate more on is not the followers, because that's just a number, but more about the engagement. So see how many people like comment on your, your posts and um, obviously like you can see like the analytics and stuff. So try and create a, a community a little bit and then that obviously will boost your followers, but you want to think about more about boosting your engagement, but with boosting your engagement, followers will come anyway. Obviously, you can do stuff like run competitions. Like, obviously, you could do like maybe a free month of online coaching. That would obviously help boost you. That would help you boost your your coaching to a certain degree. Try and give back as much as you can. It comes back to the same of like Gary Vee thing of like jab jab right hook of. And if you don't know who Gary Vee is, I'm I'm sure you've probably yeah. um, talked about it as well. Entrepreneur. Some of his stuff's a little bit um, iffy, but anyway, he kind of goes <laughs> on to the fact of like giving value, giving value, and then coming in with like the sales pitch. So I guess you can probably do that even more. You can do millions of jabs in this sense, in this analogy of just always trying to give back, and people eventually will invest. You know, and just going to show you a bit about transparency. Um, setting up something like a podcast is brilliant because you'll learn how to speak to people. You'll be thrown in a situation where you don't really know someone. Like this is fine because we know each other. But I went on podcasts before. I'm like, oh fuck, I don't really know this person. So you have to try and again learn the skill of matching someone's personality type so again that's another way to build it and then again that will come across and you'll get better and better and again that will basically you want to get in a position where you can use content and basically just fire it across so many different streams you know like something like a podcast you've got a good bit of audio there you can use that as an instagram post and then you know also use it as a reference point for like clients and sure. stuff and then say or youtube you know so just try and get as much content out of there as you can get good amount of transformations have valuable conversations with people network throw yourself into opportunities and, and then just don't get too caught up in the hole because I know that part of it was obviously the following. Don't get caught up in that. That'll come naturally and it'll be really authentic. And then obviously with the sportswear brand, just let that take care of itself and, and actually peel back the layers and understand why you want to get sponsored by a sportswear brand because it's, I don't really think it's to be on end all and it is just clothing at the end of the day. Yeah, well, bro, you've you hit the nail on the head there, especially with that last one with saying followers don't really focus on that and just focus on having like human interaction engage with people and grow your business through transformations rather than trying to focus on a following because a following means fuck all yeah so, it's like people it's mental people think like a following is going to equal this this like or it's just that so we instagram has been made out now and you agree like people think oh if i get like this amount of followers and i fell into the trap of it after all well, that i thought like i'll get so much more opportunities if i get this amount of followers but people don't care about that you know i mean that's just a number yeah as a spe- uh, and I feel like companies nowadays, they don't look at your following, they'll look more at engagement. And when I was yeah. in, I don't know, I don't think it's happened here yet, but 
when I was in Australia, the it doesn't show you likes on Instagram. Yeah. So it that. just says it just says one name then others and it doesn't show you. So brands I, I am gonna assume now brands are gonna start messaging people being, Can I get a screenshot of your yeah. analytics? Can I get that's, a screenshot? That's hundred percent what it's like, mate. Like people look I see people like um with millions and millions of followers and they, and maybe they were in Love Island ages ago and they got the big hit of followers, but then now they just their engagement's wank. Like they get maybe like ten because the way you can find out is that and you'll see it in mine as well, like I posted like obviously it's got nothing to do with me, but I posted like a drone footage on my my person, and obviously like someone like yourself like invests in that because it's cool. You know what I mean? It's good bibliography yeah. and obviously the vibes and stuff. But whereas everyone else is like, oh well, it's got nothing. like for example, if I posted something on Love Island, I get crazy engagement. But what I'm kind of alluding to here is you can see the amount of views on that post, and you're like it's way down compared to the followers. So you can see that with people, and they don't companies can see right through that. Like oh, fair enough, you have a million followers, but let's see engagement, and they go on to it, and they're, they're looking at obviously into your story views, like what your interactions like, and and obviously when you go into it. You don't want to get into because it, it can be a bit of a minefield, but you can see basically what posts are basically getting engaged with, which ones aren't, maybe when your followers are dropping, when you're, they're increasing. And again, that's another way to basically each week review your, your posts and be like, right, what did really well, what didn't do well, and then obviously just replicate what did yeah. well, do less of what did Oh, well. 100%. Like, it is that, that case of looking, like you say, when folk look at, for instance, story views, I've only got just over 1,000, 1,200, and but my story views is like four or 500. So I'm almost half my followers looking at my stories. Whereas I know people that have got 20K and they get around about the same engagement. And it's yeah. like, I'd much rather have a smaller engaged community than have a large community that nobody really gives a fuck about what you're doing. Yeah. Like 100%. But 100%. mate, you've, it's been an absolute fucking pleasure. We could probably go on a tangent for another hour. <laughs> Okay. But, that's what podcasts are about though you know what i mean there's like people like to see friends like just having a conversation and adding a bit of knowledge in there because it's more relaxed i think sometimes with podcasts if you don't know someone that well it can be like kind of robotic you know yeah for sure like that's like i said to you earlier i want this like full podcast to come across as a a genuine conversation rather than an interview like obviously have certain topics but have a bit of a laugh in it as well like that's obviously feedback i've been given and we'll chat about this at another time but it's better to have a conversation yeah exactly i think i think like maybe you always had that about you but i think if maybe you didn't travel and go to australia you maybe wouldn't have been as good as you are now and maybe wouldn't discovered that you wanted to maybe do like the whole podcast side of thing and i think like when you're doing like remember you were kind of i was kind of totally invested in it you're doing like the videos of you kind of trying to get home from australia and then maybe yeah. that's when you know what I mean so stuff like that and I think that's when like the whole travel thing comes into play of like people that oh find yourself but that is find yourself because you've realized that you are quite good at talking and, and telling storytelling essentially and that's why the podcast is doing so well and I, 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 I listen to it all the time you know appreciate it mate appreciate it big fan of yours as well so before we fire with that said before we obviously wrap it up it's not as I mean people probably know a lot of your handles anyway but where can people find you for in terms of your business and that as well yeah, so um, Twitter, it's Walls Wilson underscore underscore, and it's the same with Instagram, so just Walls Wilson underscore underscore. Then I've got YouTube, which is just Walls Wilson, um, and then my business page is Dynamore Fitness, just all one word. Um, then we've got Twitter, we don't really do much on there. We've got a YouTube page for the, the, the business as well, which is just Dynamore Fitness. We've got our podcast, which is Discussions with Dynamorph. That'll be on iTunes and Spotify. And then obviously we've got our website as well, which we run like our ebook and all that through. That's just www.dynamorefitness.com. So yeah, fantastic. that's all the handles there. Yeah, I'll 
obviously it's a mouthful there, but I'll link them all down in the show notes. And if you want to check out any of the coaching or if you want to check out the YouTube channel or the podcast, YouTube and podcast, I would I would dec- definitely recommend checking the two of them out. But yeah, mate, that's pretty much it. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get a night out as soon as all this is... 100% mate. We were trying to organise one before and I remember I went under the radar and I was like, where the fuck's he went? So, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You yeah, went under well, the radar yeah. and I was like, where the fuck is he? And then your, your picture popped up and I was like, ah. <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'll probably chat to you soon enough. Awesome, mate.